You are Locked On NBA Draft, your daily podcast on the NBA Draft, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked On NBA Draft. If this is your first time listening to me as your host, my name is Richard Stamen. Um, you can find me on Twitter at Mavs Draft, or if you already follow, you know me as Mavs Draft. Got a good episode for you today. It's going to be about four LSU guys. All four are in the draft, most likely staying, I would say. Um, only one of them is up in the air, but these all four players have really good potential and unique roles. Some of them more polarizing than the others, but Overall, I think they're all four worth investing into to some extent, and probably all four are going to get legitimate looks at getting drafted in the top, you know, in the top 60. I could see all four getting drafted overall and none of them being undrafted free agents. Could see half of them going undrafted. Could see even just one of them getting drafted. So um, without further ado, the four players I'm going to talk about are Cameron Thomas, freshman, Trenton Watford, sophomore, Darius Days, junior, and Javante Smart, who is also a junior. But first, this episode is brought to you by Rock Auto. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com and tell them Locked On sent you. So when you when you talk about LSU, especially this year, it has to start with Cameron Thomas. He was unbelievably polarizing, which is almost weird to say for someone as a freshman who averaged 23 points per game, but the red flag, if I, once I read the percentages, are going to jump right away. 40.5% from the field overall, 325 from three, 88% from the line. So if you're not able, like just from stats, honestly, you can probably kind of tell. And, and to recap some of the totals, averages a steal a game, a little bit over an assist a game and 3.4 rebounds per game with 1.7 turnovers per game. So based on the stats, you can probably tell right away if you aren't too familiar with LSU or Cameron Thomas in general, his shot selection is far and away the worst of the draft class. It's it's really good that he can shoot you know, pretty much from everywhere and is very comfortable shooting from anywhere at any time, but it also can be detrimental to his own game because more than any other prospect in this class, he gets in his own way. So He's really intriguing because, again, one of the best shot makers in the class. It's just he doesn't know when not to. And it kind of boils down to is that it Will Wade thing at LSU? Is it like system surrounding talent? Or is it just he doesn't see anything other than a green light? So a little bit hard to to gauge, but to start out the full, and, and if this is your first time, I do a full scouting report the same way I do on my website, mapstraft.com. I do, you know, just background information, just height, weight, you know, things like that. A lot of the stuff isn't available yet due to the NBA draft combine hasn't occurred. So I don't have wingspan, hand size, etc. cetera. Uh, normally I would have that, but again, just not there yet. So Cameron Thomas is a 6'4 guard, 210 pounds. So pretty good frame. And I read the averages to you. Uh, I had one year at LSU as a top 25 recruit. So pretty highly regarded. He, it's... Let's just dive right into it, right? Like the pros and cons are going to be very straightforward. His number one tool is scoring, and it kind of leads into the pros. You know, he can score from anywhere on the floor. Three-level scoring is automatic in terms of skill set. He's really comfortable absorbing contact at the rim. He loves getting to the line. He 
It has an NBA-ready play style and quick offense, which kind of feeds into getting into the line. And he got to the line eight attempts per game from the free throw line. So really impressive on that. But he also gets, you know, he has a bunch of moves to get into his jumper. He has a bag, as a lot of people would say. You know, he can do sidestep threes, step backs, threes from anywhere, can spot up from anywhere. And he can also rise over defenders and shoot. So almost everything I just said was about scoring and nothing else. All the cons are pretty much about everything else and how he scores. So he has terrible shot selection. I mean, there's not a bad shot he has ever seen. And I I don't mean to harp on this, but I can't emphasize enough how if you reduced his shot selection to like half the issue it is now, he would probably be a consensus top 15 prospect, top 10 even, because that scoring is just outstanding. So I think that's a big, big flag on him again i don't know how much it translates in the nba if he tones it down a bit we'll get to that in a little bit but he also needs to improve his ball security you know on on time at times on drives he can just fumble the ball a little bit too much which that's something fixable only averaged in a turnover and a half per game which is pretty good for someone who had the ball in his hands as much as he did his defense is just non-existent he's very very lackadaisical i guess would be the word for he doesn't try like he does not try on defense at all. So that's an automatic red flag too. I mean, when you, he genuinely has had plays where, you know, there's a bunch of famous Harden clips where he doesn't try and he just does a lazy reach. Cam Thomas does that too. Um, and he also gambles a ton for that reason. He can be good at it, which is good, but he just, he gambles completely unnecessarily almost all the time. And then the last thing is just his playmaking. He's not a playmaker at all. Uh, you look at Colin Sexton, who had the flag of being not a playmaker. And even then, Colin Sexton was a much better playmaker. I think a lot of that had to do with, you know, teammates around him. But um, in college, he only averaged three and a half assists per game. And that was a flag. And then you look at Cam Thomas, who had one and a half. So obviously not not quite similar, but to an extent, it is very similar. So um, the comparison, there's two guys that come to mind on Cam Thomas, first one, as I said, Colin Sexton, there's a reason I used him. The non-playmaking scoring guard, it's worked out really well for him. And then the other guy, and these are both players that have really found great roles, especially this year. Uh, The other is Jordan Clarkson, who is a six-man-of-the-year finalist. Maybe by the time you've heard this podcast, if you're going back and listening you know, a month from now near the draft, he might have already won. He might have been second place. But Jordan Clarkson's another comparison that's a really good player to be compared to the floor isn't even a specific person it's just think of any chucker that didn't make it that's about it so the draft range for him i think i still think even with the shot selection i know what i said earlier with you know if he toned down his shot selection it would be better his draft range and his overall view but i think he still could go top 15 pretty comfortably you know around 15 to 30 i think is his range it's very wide he some teams could buy into you know him being that spark plug off the bench. You know, we've seen Lou Will and Jordan Clarkson now really make a living for themselves, and we're seeing what's happening in Cleveland with Colin Sexton. So I I do think that those guys do have value as kind of replaceable as they can be. But if you're elite at that role, it's pretty hard to come by that. So I think he could go top 15 depending on how desperate a team is, and obviously it depends on team fit. But anywhere from 15 to 30, I think he's pretty safely a first-round pick. I don't think a shot selection scares teams off that much. So that's a good thing for him. He's, so I also do, uh, if you're again, if you're unfamiliar, I'm walking through as I do this, but I do the expected role. The worst-case scenario, basically, he's unplayable if. And then 
the best case, he exceeds expectations if, and, and I fill those in. So the expected role I have is he fits two guard lineups really well, can play either off the bench or, you know, starting and just lights it up. He comes in as a flamethrower from anywhere on the floor and tries to get, you know, he gets 20 points a game. No matter how efficient, he gets 20 points per game. The unplayable and the worst case scenario is if that shot selection is still that bad, plus the terrible defense that both of those carry over, that's a really concerning flag. And I don't know if you can make up for it if it's just that bad, because you're looking at empty possessions on empty possessions if that shot selection is there. And again, the defense isn't there either. His best case is a lot. Again, these are both pretty simple because it just comes down to one thing. If his scoring translates and he ups his efficiency, I actually don't think his shot selection is a big deal. Like he can score. He is a very good, talented scorer. He just does it too much almost. He, he tries too hard to use that skill. So I think, honestly, if he slightly tones it down and the scoring is still translating, you're looking at a guy who is going to get 20 points a game, be in that six-man-of-the-year contention, could be a starter that gets 20 something like that. It's a really good outcome for him and it probably yields top 15 return on investment. So that's pretty much the rundown on Cam Thomas. I think he's someone who might end up being the most polarizing player in the draft, which is really weird because someone like that, I, I don't know. I think it's almost straightforward. I would think he still sticks in the league. If I had to guess, he's going to have a place in the league, but doesn't, you know, his view the way people view him is going to be a little bit iffy. He might be called empty stats at some point. I don't know. There, There's a wide range of outcomes. But when I come back, I'm going to talk about Trenton Watford and Javante Smart. But first, I wanted to talk to you about Lucy.co. Lucy Nicotine is a company founded by Caltech scientists and former smokers looking for a better and cleaner nicotine alternative. Finally, tobacco alternatives that don't suck. Lucy Nicotine was researched and developed for three years and made for people, not patients. Lucy Nicotine also uh, has created a nicotine gum with four milligrams of nicotine that comes in three flavors, wintergreen, cinnamon, and pomegranate. They also have lozenge with four milligrams of nicotine that comes in three flavors, which are cherry ice, citrus, and mint. It's 2021, so get rid of your cigarettes, unplug your vape, and throw out your dip and get some Lucy nicotine gum or lozenges. This is the real deal, and a subscription to Lucy comes directly to your door each month. It's so simple, and you don't have to leave your house because Lucy has delivery down. Locked On NBA Network listeners, go to lucy.co and use promo code LOCKEDONNBA to get 20% off all products on your first order, including gum or lozenges. That's lucy.co and use promo code LOCKEDONNBA at checkout. Also, I have to give this disclaimer. Warning, this product contains nicotine derived from tobacco. Nicotine is an addictive addictive chemical. Lucy.co and be sure to use that promo code LOCKEDONNBA. This episode is brought to you by Rock Auto. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it is now impossible to stock all the parts you need in a traditional chain storefront. Luckily for you, here comes Rock Auto to the rescue. RockAuto.com is a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to RockAuto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything from engine control modules, brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. The rockauto.com is also very easy to navigate and you can easily and quickly see parts available for your car or vehicle and choose the brands, specifications, and prices you prefer. 
Best of all, prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. So why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Write locked on in their how did you hear about us box so they know we sent you. And that's two words, L-O-C-K-E-D space O-N locked on. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. rockauto.com so as promised, uh, I wanted to talk about the next two set of guys from LSU. A little bit different. You know, I'll start with the guard play just because Cam Thomas is also a guard, sticking at the guard position. So Javante Smart, he's someone who I've gone back and forth on a lot. I loved him coming out of high school, number 30, top 30, give or take, recruit in 2018. As a junior, he really upped his efficiency and overall just broke out to an extent. Went from 12.5 points per game to 16 and upped his field goal percentage from 41 to 46 and improved his three-point percentage from 32.6 to 40. So really impressive there. Overall for the year, he shot 16, uh, again, 16 points per game, four assists per game, four rebounds per game, a steal a game, two and a half turnovers per game, and again, 46, 40, and 86% from the line. So I'm actually going to keep this one kind of short because I'm going to be 100% honest. I see the lowest outcome in Javante Smart. I think he's fringe draftable. I, I personally, just going to be 100% honest, I wouldn't take him before the 55th pick. He's one of those guys that he's a good swing at upside, but I don't know how likely he is to hit it. So for him, it comes down to a few things. One, his shot is funky. It's not fast at all, and it's not really orthodox. He also can't really – he can create – but he doesn't capitalize on it because that shot is so slow. Defenders can easily recover and that's in college. So I worry about that happening in the NBA. And also he's very mistake prone. Um, you know, doesn't play within himself. Sometimes can be a little bit too shot happy, things like that. Again, kind of the same, going to give him the benefit of the doubt I did with Cam Thomas, to be fair. We don't know if that's a Will Wade thing at LSU or if it's the player himself, but um, he's long. So that helps. He's 6'4", 205. And he has long arms. He needs to add a little bit more strength, I think, to really hone in on that defense, excuse me. But overall, I mean, he's kind of the lowest outcome guy, the lowest most likely outcome guy. Again, the shot's not so great. He has a really wide base, kind of just doesn't look right, um, despite the numbers, you know, not adding up to that. So he's someone just wanted to give a quick touch on him. I think that's a decent, you know, quick little recap. So, the next guy I want to go into is Trendon Watford. Trendon Watford was actually, he was a top 20 recruit two years ago in 2019 from Alabama. I think he might even be the highest ranked player in Alabama history, you know, passed up at, on Alabama University, which, you know, didn't make a lot of people in Tuscaloosa too happy, but he's 6'9", 240, really good frame, as you can tell, as a junior, pretty much repeated his season from last year, 16 points per game. Uh, which is up from 13 and a half, so that part improved. But seven rebounds per game, three assists, one steal, half a block, two and a half turnovers. And that was on 48% shooting. Both years, pretty much, he went down 1%, but not anything noticeable. 31.5% from three and 65% from the line. So, and again, you know, I think he's probably got a seven foot wingspan. I touched on the six nine frame, but I think he's got that seven foot wingspan down. And at the rim, he shot 67%, so that's pretty impressive. Obviously, that played a big part of him averaging, you know, 68% or excuse me, 
from the field. So with Watford, uh, I'm going to do a little bit more detail on him because he's someone also who I've watched for the last two years very intensely. Watched a lot of LSU just for him. And then, you know, Cam Thomas came along. Darius Days came on, came on my radar. Javante Smart was there. A few other guys. But basically for him, the tools are versatility and potential slashing. He has, this is going to be a little bit, uh, this is probably the most thorough one I'm going to do of the the three and a half scouting reports I do. But his pros, ball handling upside, you know, he can bring the ball up the floor. He can run a fast break, has decent vision. His length helps him contest jump shots on the defensive end. He's a good open floor athlete. Uh, I'll kind of touch on the opposite end of that in a little bit. He has good on-ball defensive upside. I think he's really good at staying with his man, even though he's not the most athletic. He has an explosive second jump again, kind of, even though not the greatest athlete, I think his second jump is pretty underrated. He's a really good rebounder. Rebounding translates. It's probably the easiest thing to translate to the NBA. He's smart in initiating contact and drawing fouls, and he's pretty smart at cutting and moving off ball offensively. So the downside to a lot of that is, you know, I said ball handling upside and he can run a fast break. He still needs to improve his handle and tighten that so he can dribble in traffic. He still does, you know, some reckless dribble moves in, in limited space, which on one hand, you know, the NBA spacing will prevent a lot of that just naturally, but also he does need to be smarter about how he dribbles and where he dribbles. He also needs to improve shooting mechanics just all around and needs to be sped up. His guide hands a little bit, you know, doesn't lack, it doesn't have much fluidity. And his moving jump shot is not very strong. Uh, I'd say it's almost non-existent. I've seen him try some step backs and it's, it doesn't even look like his real form. So a little bit iffy on his jump shot, but if it comes around, you know, it'll be nice. He's slow to recognize open teammates at times, so he just needs to speed up his recognition. He's not always a willing passer. He can over-dribble at times and force some bad shots instead of finding the open man on a simple play. His defensive awareness needs to be more consistent, especially off-ball. He ball-watches too often. Uh, so those are the, the negatives. Again, a lot of those pros get countered with needs for improvement. Um, I think overall his, his game is pretty similar. If you, if you put like four guys and most of these are high end outcomes, not like a low end because the low end is much lower than all of these guys, but there's shades of these four players in Trenton Watford. There's James Johnson, Justice Winslow, Thaddeus Young, and Matt Barnes. All of them are around six, seven to six, nine, six, ten at most, which Trenton Watford being six, nine kind of falls into that. They all have defensive traits. Offense was never explosive, but they were capable and held their own, and they could all pass. So that's kind of that mold that Trendon Watford is. Um, I think for draft stock, I'd be very surprised to see him go before pick 40. It's not necessarily a bad thing. It's just kind of more about how deep the draft is. Last year, I had him top 35. And just with a deeper, better draft, it's it's harder to justify that. So I think someone still could swing at 40 or so if they have a lot of picks and you know have room to make that upside swing. So his expected role, kind of as I hinted at with the comparisons, he's a combo forward as a walking mismatch. That's pretty much on both ends, one way or another, how his role would look. He just exploits mismatches um, as almost a glue guy to an extent. His, his worst case scenario, he's unplayable. If his lack of athleticism doesn't translate, it hurts him. The lack of MB adjusting to NBA tempo, again, kind of emphasizing the recognizing teammates and over-dribbling and things like that, and the jump shot. All three of those have to translate for him not to fail. He exceeds expectations. His best-case scenario is if he shoots well in his handle, I think improves and also just 
being a better off-ball defender. I think if he wants to maximize that high defensive upside, it starts with a defensive awareness, and I think that would honestly keep him on the floor given how I've seen you know, some players have great defense and terrible offense in the league, and, and it, keeps them in the, it keeps them on the floor. So I think Trenton Watford very much so could be in that mold as well. So shooting and defense are pretty much his things that need to translate. You could throw in playmaking as a minor one that would bump him up as well. So that is Trendon Watford, again, 6'9", 240. Pretty intriguing upside player, but uh, has a dangerously low floor as well. I know I, I kind of only touched on the pros on the player comparisons, but I think he's still worth taking around that 40 mark, and I don't think you should hesitate too much on that. So, uh, But I do want to just give a shout-out to our sponsor, betonline.ag. Uh, and then when I come back, going to do, you know, one last one ready for you. Uh, one of my favorite players. And if you're a fan of the Locked On Network, you probably heard of uh, Tony East on the Locked On Pacers. He loves this guy. So very excited to talk about uh, Darius Days coming up. But first, a quick word from our friends over at betonline.ag. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. MLB is in full swing, as is the NHL playoffs, NBA playoffs, NASCAR, UFC, MMA, you name it, a lot of sports are in action right now. So get all the latest news, odds, and info for all of your sporting needs over at Bet Online. Before the next pitch, head over to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore as this is your chance to get into the game as teams are making their playoff runs now. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. So if you like free money, go ahead and head over to Bet Online. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts, and use promo code promo code Locked On, and that is one word this time: L O C K E D O N. Welcome back to Locked On NBA Draft. Again, my name, Richard Stamen. You know, probably know me as at Mavs Draft. For the final scouting report of this episode, I'm going to touch on LSU's Darius Days. He's someone who, if you're familiar with the Locked On Podcast Network and Locked On Pacers, one of the best Locked On shows, in my opinion. I listened to that for years now, uh, well before joining the network. He is someone who I, for those who don't know, I did a, I'm going to do this again this year as well, but I do a community mock draft where pretty much I have 30 people come in and they do every person gets a team last year, you know, Houston didn't have a pick. So someone had an honorary 61st pick for him, but Tony represented the Pacers and he was big on Darius days out of LSU as a sophomore. And, and I looked him up and I like, I didn't really pay attention to him when I watched LSU last year as much as I probably should have. But the more I've watched him this year, the more I've realized Tony's right. That guy is going to stick, and he'd probably be a good value in the 50s. So he's someone – I hope Tony – I hope you're listening to this episode. And, and if you're not familiar with Tony's work, go and listen to Locked On Pacers. He does some awesome work there. Again, I cannot emphasize that enough. Um, but so to dive into uh, – excuse me, to Darius Day's – uh, he is a 6'7 forward, 245 pounds, so just five pounds more than Trendon Watford, Watford that I just talked about. And as a junior, 
He averaged 11.5 points per game, just a hair under eight rebounds per game, half an assist, one steal, and 0.3 blocks per game with just one turnover per game. And that was on 52% shooting, 40% from three, and that was with four over four attempts from three per game and 70% from the line. Unfortunately, the sample size wasn't strong this year from free throws. Um, he only took 37. For reference, last year he went 55 of 70, which is good for just about 79%. So personally, I'm not taking that 70% too seriously. I think it's somewhere in the middle of 75. And um, I don't know if I brought this up in previous episodes or anything, but free throw percentage is often a better indicator than three-point percentage. If you have both, it's very promising. So it's very good that he has that three-point percentage. And one other stat that I think is outstanding to bring up for him is he shot 77% at the rim, shooting a third of his shots there. So really, really good at the rim. And overall, the selling point with him, I think, starts with just how versatile and how much of a glue guy he could be. So the pros for him, it's a very long list compared to the cons. He's a good rebounder. Again, rebounding translates. So can't overthink that. Eight rebounds a game at 6'7 is really impressive. He has shooting upside, can shoot over contests. Uh, Defenses really didn't respect him. I think the number from three is a little bit inflated at 40%. So he had a lot of open threes, but he still proved he could hit threes over defenses. So shooting upside on that. He's versatile and can pretty much play any front court position. I think, you know, I'm a little bit hesitant to play him as a five, but if the other team is small, you can go small too with days at the five. His feel for the game is unreal he just rotates very well he makes plays before you know he sees plays before they happen and can make and can adjust to that i think that's really important he just understands the game he's pretty mistake free hence the you know one turnover per game he's a really good finisher at the rim like i said 60 or excuse me 77 percent, which is just unreal um again the only players who i think i can think of that had higher percentages last year obi toppin was in the 80s zion williamson was in the 80s and marvin bagley was in the high 70s his motor's very high. It doesn't matter what the score is in the game. He's going to go 110%, and it helps him with his rebounding. So the negatives for him, he just needs to be more consistent. Keep refining that shooting. I don't even really think that's a fair negative. It's just something that may hold him back to an extent is you know, consistency game to game as a shooter. I don't think overall you're going to see many flaws with that. He's going to hover around average the first couple years from three. And then also his size may limit him, his ability to guard big men i don't think you can put him on a post-minded big but i also think you know i don't know what his wingspan is that's going to be huge so it's kind of up in the air but he's strong enough he has a really strong core you can tell he doesn't back down easily he's very hard to knock over so the both of those can be pretty negated pretty easily um i don't necessarily know someone like that he's similar to being that six seven almost a center that's probably the hardest part for me is figuring out someone that he's comparable to. And I'm terribly sorry to let you down on that front. But if I come up with something, I will tweet that out and shout out this episode and maybe I'll even revise it or something. But um, the projected draft range I have for days, I think he goes 45 to 60, which personally is probably a little bit underrated. I think his range and actual value do not align. He's going to probably yield top 45 results but won't go in that top 45, you know, being a junior six, seven undersized, not a sexy game to him, you know, being a glue guy, it's not something teams are exactly going after with high value, even though they probably should, depending on how good you are. Um, But I think, you know, that has value. So it's expected role, as you might expect, glue guy as a fringe starter could play anywhere from like 20 to 25 minutes and end up pretty productive. 
His worst case scenario, the only way he's unplayable is if the jump shot just doesn't translate. I have a hard time buying that happening, but it is still within the realm of possibilities. Again, the 70% could be legit. The last year's 78% could be a fluke. And he exceeds expectations in his best case scenario is if his playmaking improves, I do think that assist number did him kind of dirty. You know, he only averaged half an assist per game. I don't think that's a true indicator of his passing. He can make passes on the drive. He doesn't do it often. And he makes passes within the flow of the offense naturally just by those two things being next to NBA talent. The assist numbers will rise. So the playmaking improves. That helps him a lot. And the shooting translates. Those two things happen. I think you're looking at a legitimate rotation player and everyone going, how did we get let this guy slip? So again, shout out to Tony East. He has been on Darius Days now for over a year. I didn't want to listen, but um, he... He was right. I, I do think he's a legitimate prospect, but um, that pretty much wraps it up. Again, you can find my work at Mavs Draft on Twitter or MavsDraft.com. This will go with the scouting reports that I post for, for all the LSU guys when those go up. Um, but next week, got some really exciting stuff for you. Going to go over some Duke prospects um, and some other guys as well. So really excited as the draft season is kind of ramping up. Um, there's a lot I have coming up. So Keep listening. I'm going to have hopefully some good guests on here and some good content that you won't be able to find anywhere else. And thank you for listening. And also don't forget, you know, tune into the Locked On Today podcast. Uh, They're going to recap some of the stuff about the playoffs, the PGA Championship, some MLB stuff. Uh, So a lot of content on there if you're looking for even more. So thank you for listening. And don't forget, you know, rate us five stars and everything. It means a lot. And we also have Raphael and Sam and Cody for the rest of the week. Thank you and have a good rest of your day.